Hello and welcome to episode 229 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRP. And join me as always is the effervescent League Freak. You can find me on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm on top of the world right now, Andrew. And life you is are, great. You are alert, bubbling. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're keen as mustard. I really am. It's like It's like it's midday for me right now. Can I have a guess why? Why? You just shaved your balls, didn't you? I did, actually. And every time that I pick up the Lawnmower 3.0, which you can get at manscaped.com for 20% off and with free shipping if you uh, you use our exclusive code NRL in the uh, checkout, it, it really makes my entire day and my evening even better because... When you can stride through life with a Sean Scrote, nothing gets in your way. Literally. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, uh, I mean, geez, when you show off your, your handiwork, all you get is compliments. That's all I can really say. Uh, that, that's all we want in life, isn't it, is compliments. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's exactly right. So, yeah. Head over to manscaped.com, buy whatever the hell you want there. Anything at all. When you get into the checkout, type in our promo code, which is NRL. That's our gift to you. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. You're welcome. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We, we, we do these things for you. Yeah. So what's on the agenda today? Well, let's have a look. There's, there's two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and both are going back in time. So we'll start with uh, <laughs> we'll start with the English Super League. Mm-hmm. There some interesting changes to their season mid-season. Yeah, so their their board has decided to sit down around the plastic fold-out table around the uh, the vending machine. Yep, and they've come up with a few ideas. Okay, this is always a uh, yeah, it's exciting time when the folding fold-out table comes out. Yeah, they bring out they bring out the uh, the finger food. Yeah, the Kikats. Uh, yeah, yeah. The although they they I think they call them different things over there. I know they've got Kikats, but they've got some other thing that's like a uh, substitute for Kikats. I don't know what they're called. Um, I know they've got the um, was it the Yorkie bar? Yep, they've got Galaxy bars. Yeah, get around that. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> Lots of COVID. <laughs> Jeez. They're making sure they got shitloads of that stuff. Yeah. And that's so much so. The changes. Yes. So much so. We're finding that there's pretty much a new um, Super League team every week. Mm-hmm. Ends up with people, you know, testing positive to, to coronavirus in it. So yeah. because of that, the Super League were initially, they would, because they've ditched, the Toronto Wolfpack out of the comp. They've got 11 sides remaining, so five are playing every week. So if one tests positive, they ditch them and bring the, the buy team into play. Mm-hmm. It's just starting to happen that too many teams are now too frequently ending up with people testing positive to coronavirus. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a very different situation they have over there. And um, for people in Australia that don't know, the government actually said to people over there 
that they should go out and start spend start spending some money in like cafes and things like that and get out a little bit and the numbers spiked immediately and the government turned around and said well it's all young people not taking precautions so english people are very very angry at the government right now because the numbers over there are outrageous and haven't eased no i think today they've they've made they've passed a law where they'll they're now banning social gatherings of six people or more which pretty much means all pubs are going to be shut which you know should have happened probably a while ago, but mm. there you go. Um, so because of that, the Super League sat down and said, right, we're going to pretty much put an end to teams earning competition points. Mm-hmm. They're now going to be ranked via uh, win percentage for, based on the number of games they play because some teams have played a lot more games than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a little bit messy. Yeah. Okay. So the points percentage system, it's been brought in. I think it's the, f- the first time they're using the, um, the percentage system since World War Two, when they had the, the war leagues. Yep. Um, prior to that, they'd used it from 1906-ish to about 1930 or so. So it, was, it had been used fairly regularly back then, but that was when they had about 30-odd teams playing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's not foreign to them, that's for sure. But it certainly is in in the modern game. Um. Now, the possibility that not all clubs will be able to play the same number of games before the end of the regular season means that that the win percentage thing is going to end up being a a better idea. Yeah. But to throw in with that, they you have to play a minimum of 15 games by the end of the regular season to qualify for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Unless <laughs> unless your win percentage puts you in the top four, at which point you may just qualify anyway. Look, it's a messy, it's a messy <laughs> outcome in a messy situation, and I don't envy... Super League in any way because it was never going to work out how they wanted it to. And I guess this is the best of a lot of bad choices they could have made. Well, the the point I want to put to you is, do you think... I mean, obviously the answer is no, but we're not. Let's go down as far as I know. Do you think this is a racist move? Because at the moment, St. Helens, Warrington and Wigan have all played 10 games. Yeah. But the win percentage has them sitting second, third, and fourth. Yes. The team at the top of the ladder is the team that's played the least amount of games. That's the Catalan Dragons with just seven games. Mm-hmm. So they're three games behind. So it means that, um, let's be honest, Leeds are sitting fifth and they've played one game more. So if the end of the season comes along and Catalan's only played 14 games. Mm-hmm their win percentage might be around the same as Leeds Rhinos. But Leeds have played 15 games. Leeds might actually get in via that weird loophole system and Catalan miss out, even though their win percentage could be better. Purely because Rhinos have played one game more. Look, I think it's so messy that I'm just... I'm just excited to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, what we've got here is there's there's two trains 
that yeah. on the same track, yeah, you know when you're looking at them, those two fuckers are going to crash. Yeah. You just pulled out the folding chair and a picnic blanket and some sandwiches and gone, let's just sit back and watch the shit hit the fan. Pretty much. The thing that I do know is that um, whoever does miss out, if it is an English team, the fans will, you know, be disappointed, but they'll take it well. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some other changes that came in as well to the salary cap. There's um, essentially... Oh, man. Essentially, they've gone to so much effort. And I don't know why, but they've got this weird loophole thing in there about the number of games there, and then they're talking about the salary cap. It is such a long um, press release about how this system will work. Yeah. I I kind of think it would have been easy if they just said, let's just, just go by win percentage, and that's it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that the salary cap stuff, look, if they didn't have, I think that what they should have done is they should have said, look, as long as you don't overspend by, you know, a percentage of what your normal salary cap would have been in 2020, then that's fine. You know, we're not going to hammer anybody if they're a little bit over because they had to bring in 35 players over the course of the season because they had so many players step down with COVID. But when I was reading the press release earlier, which you sent to me, like I, I was sort of reading it and thinking, man, this is just ripe for somebody to win Super League it'd be a really weird situation, and then they get done for breaching one of these salary cap rules. Yeah, it's the salary cap bit they've put in there is a mess, and mm. I I really don't want to go into it because you just really go on. Why? Like they should have just said, you know what? All clubs will be allowed to have one hundred and thirty percent salary cap. Mm. Move yeah. on. Yeah, that would have been really smart and really straightforward, and I'm not surprised that they chose not to do that. Mm, likewise. So they put weird sort of loopholes on the win percentage system and then they put 17,000 more of them in the salary cap and it's all unnecessary. It's all weird. They've just made life more difficult for themselves than it needed to be. Yeah, because, like, it is probably the weirdest system that has been in place since they had that three-tiered... You, know, you remember the Super 8 sort of the fuck they <sighs> And you were kind of like, I don't know what happens now. I hated that so much. <laughs> it was so dumb. So every team is vying. They had, what was it? Was it 14 teams in the Super League then? Uh, I think it might have been. Yeah, and the yeah. top eight all vied to compete in the Super 8s. But the top eight kept their competition points. So, if, you know, for argument's sake, St. Helens finished at the top of the ladder and they were 10 competition points clear of second place. Mm-hmm. The super rates is completely pointless. Yes, because they'd have to lose every single game, and the other teams would all have to win all of their games in order for St Helens to still finish in the top four, which it just was, seemed weird. Yeah, it was so stupid. Oh, and nuts! I think everyone pointed out how stupid it was when it came into being, and it was stupid in practice, and they got rid of it not quick enough. 
Three um, years they had it for. Yeah, so dumb. They found that the Super 8s just delayed the inevitable. Because yeah. the team that was on top of the ladder before the Super 8s generally went on to be the teams that stayed in the same position during the Super 8s. And they played in the finals and the top team or the second team would win the grand final. Mm-hmm. It was an utterly pointless system. Yep. Utterly pointless. But, hey, it allowed them to play, like, seasons with 75 games or some bullshit. So, you know, that's all, that's all they're after. <laughs> um, now, speaking of bullshit. Yes. This week, mm-hmm. Rugby League has been in great condition. Nothing has happened. It's been fantastic. And so the media has resorted to talking about themselves. Hasn't it been weird like i don't think i ever remember anything like this happening so this was the start of the week there's a story about how two journalists had been unable to stop anthony griffin from being hired i remember the wording was something very similar to those lines because i remember calling it out on on social media and saying you know i remember the times when journalists just you know reported the news now they've got a higher play higher coaches and whatnot as well yeah run smear campaigns i think it's hilarious that journalists think that they have any power within the game at all uh they're complete outsiders they like to think they're insiders because players are forced and coaches are forced to talk to them but they are absolute outsiders they've got nothing to do with rugby league and that's why when they're not, you know, writing bullshit like that during the week, they're, uh, you know, drinking themselves under the table and carrying on with their sociopathic ways. Drop it on cars. Um, <laughs> shit, that's James Hood on there. Um, so, look, the, it, it transcended a bit further than that. So after the journalists talked about one another, I then got to boil down to feel good and Anthony Griffin. Yeah, Karen went off. Karen's having a breakdown. Yeah, and Karen's having a breakdown about right-wing nutjob Anthony Griffin. Yeah. And we've got to say that because, you know, it was Griffin's removed his Twitter account this week because it got pointed out that he'd been liking an awful lot of Mark Latham's tweets. All right. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything um, racist in there, but there was a lot of stuff that was Mark Latham in there, which means it was all stupid. I don't follow Mark Latham, right? But every so often, like, I would see, and I so I blocked him or muted him, because every so often I'd see somebody retweet something he would say, and I'd, be, I'd think, like, that's absolutely outrageous. And then somebody would, like, retweet something that was really level-headed. <laughs> And it was normally about rugby league that he said some level-headed stuff. Uh, but I just got sick of seeing the the outrage and, you know, that's that's how he, he makes it, you know, across Mark Latham. He outrages people and they hate watch him. Yeah, so, he's he's really f- adopted the, uh, the One Nation um, stylings. Mm. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll leave it there with that. Yeah. Strolling down a road of political conversation. Yeah. Uh, we we'll just we all agree that Mark Layson's an absolute fucking fruit loop. And Anthony Griffin yes. likes his style. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, Griffin had gone out and he's removed his his Twitter account so that you know, in, in his hope, I guess no one remembers all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was anything that Griffin actually said on social media that was bad. It was just yeah. the fact he was liking a lot of stuff that that uh, that Latham liked and Latham spoke about. Big fan of Latham. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, after that happened, no, that that was part of the reason why the journos were trying to get him sacked, allegedly, according to Fox Sports, among other things. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Among other things. Okay. Talking about how he'd lost a dressing room and the, the players didn't like him at Penrith. That's why he had to get the arse there. And then the story came out today that was was it a friendship, of a 40-year friendship or some trial? I don't know. I did not read it. I saw yeah. the headline briefly and went, I don't care. Can you just report the news, please? Well, look, it, I feel like it started last week, the end of last week, when Phil Gould came out and he said that he said this publicly, he said that Trent Barrett should pull out of his deal with the Bulldogs because the club is a mess, uh, it, it, which I thought was outrageous. I thought that was absolutely outrageous. But it, is, it does stick true with how Phil Gould has conducted his entire coaching career. Yeah. You don't go to a mess. You go to a place that's on the improve, so you keep your win percentage high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And controversial from the stats, man. I th- the thing that got me is, like, I don't think Trent Barrett is a very good coach at all, but I think that attacking the Bulldogs as being a mess when they're on the bottom of the ladder and saying that a coach who is not going to get too many opportunities to be a first-grade coach, shouldn't go there, and that he should renege on a deal that the ink is still damp on. I just thought it was it was really outrageous. And then, obviously, Phil Gould started on the Anthony Griffin shit. Now, Phil Gould did a semi-review of the Dragons, I believe it was last year, where... He was supposed to review everything except the coach, which is kind of funny. And he didn't like to talk publicly about that review, and that's understandable because that's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) It's kind of like a food critic reviewing a uh, spaghetti bolognese dish, but he's only allowed to commentate on the bit of parsley on the side. Yeah, yeah. That was a review that Phil Gould did into the Dragons. He's not allowed to bring up anything that involves tomato or any carbs. (laughs) (laughs) Or anything that may be beef-related. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so Phil Gould, he'd come out in whatever the fuck, you know, he's everywhere. He's always got to get his current opinions out. And he denied that he was campaigning actively to stop Anthony Griffin from getting the job at the uh, the Dragons, and Anthony Griffin was appointed the Dragons coach this week. So he had a bit to say about it because uh, this, is, this is weird. This, I said this in a tweet. This isn't how men act, okay? This isn't how men are supposed to act. Phil Gould's like, what is he? He's 60-something years old, right? What's yeah. he doing? You know, so here's some of the things that these are quotes that Phil Gould said on his um, Six Tackles with Karen podcast. He said this, quote, to suggest that I've been part of some media agenda 
to prevent him, Griffin, getting another coaching role is a disgrace. It simply isn't true. The most hurtful thing through all of this is that Anthony Griffin is managed by Wayne Beavis, who's been a very dear friend of mine for 40 years. Now, it pains me to say, I don't know if Wayne was a party to this ridiculous and scurrilous campaign to to involve my name as a lever to securing Anthony Griffin a job at the Dragons, because Griffin couldn't have got any himself, obviously. Yeah. But by this silence on the issue, I can only assume that he has endorsed this tactic and allowed it to play out the way it has to allow people to make these type of accusations and misrepresent things so blatantly and over a long period of time without Wayne stepping in to correct the narrative. It's extremely disappointing on a personal note, and I find it devastating. In fact, from a personal view, I doubt that I'll ever speak to Wayne Beavis again. And we're talking about a dear and valued friendship. I love him dearly but I've been deeply hurt by his antics of the past week. And that's all I will say about that. I bet it isn't all you'll say about it. Well, um, he said some more shit. Do you want to hear some more shit? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say quickly before you get into that. Okay. Um, I'm surprised that, um, that, that Phil is so surprised that a player manager would resort to lies and scurrilous comments. Well, I love the idea that, that Phil Gould, in his world, thinks that the way that Anthony Griffin got a job at the Dragons was that his manager went to the Dragons and said, Phil Gould is trying to undermine my client so that you don't sign him, so you better sign him. And they said, okay. <laughs> That's so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. And the idea that that's the only way he got the job, you know? Uh, I, just, I just like this. Phil Good must be the most optimistic person but playing managers. He's, he's, he's put them up as some sort of beacon of positive humanity. They wouldn't lie. Wayne Beavis' entire job is to get the most amount of money he can over the longest period of time for his client. And in this situation, he's got a coach that has a winning record at two different clubs. And the last club he was at, he got sacked while they're in fourth place. Exactly. You know, it's a pretty good place to be sacked from fourth place. And when he was interviewed during the week, I believe it was on NRL 360, Mm-hmm. Griffin said that he had learned things from his time at the Penrith Panthers and that he had a a bit of a falling out with Phil Gould towards the end. And Phil Gould denied that because when things are going great, you sack your coach who's in fourth place. Yeah. Well, Phil Gould will do whatever he's going to do to protect Phil Gould. Yeah. So when it comes across that Phil Gould might be seen in a negative light, Phil Gould will stand up for Phil Gould to make sure that Phil Gould doesn't get seen as a bad person. Yeah, and and Phil Gould being a manager should know what a manager's role is. Well, Um, so he doesn't manage anyone. Yeah, it's like I'm. (laughs) He's he's barely barely managing himself. Yeah, maybe he is. He he needs to sit his client down and tell him (laughs) to shut the fuck up. So Phil Gould, having said he won't talk about it again, he kept talking about it. Quote. 
Let me just say this once again. <laughs> For the record. Anthony Griffin did not lose his job at Panthers because he fell out with me. In fact, every staff member at Panthers, including myself, did everything possible to assist Anthony Griffin. Right, by sacking him. I I won't go into any more detail than that. Secondly, (laughs) I did not sack Anthony Griffin. That was an instruction from the board at the same time. So he didn't deny not sacking him. He didn't stand up for him. Well, it was a direction. So it wasn't him sacking him. He was just the director of football who at the time sacked him. Don't twist his words, Andrew. You're twisting his words. He had no authority whatsoever within the club. That was not what he was there to do, even though he was running the football department. It wasn't his job to actually run it. Well, look, let's think of this, right? When he was at the Panthers, he sacked Matthew Elliott. Good move. He brought in Steve Georgialis as the interim coach. Then he brought in Ivan Cleary, who he then sacked because he said he was tired. Yes, yes, he was tired. And then he brought in Anthony Griffin, who made the Panthers a top four team, who he then sacked, not because he had a personal issue with him. He was directed to sack him because everyone was doing everything they could to help Anthony Griffin. It was fucking working great. They're in fourth place. So they sacked him and they negotiated with a coach who was already under contract with another club in Ivan Cleary to bring him back. That's not messy at all. No, no, no. And I mean, if you're Phil Gould, and you're working hard to keep Anthony Griffin, and you've got authority, mm. the best way to prove that you're doing everything to keep him at the club is by sacking him. Yeah, I think so it's... Look, look, Anthony, I'm doing everything I can to keep you in this job, but fuck off. Support comes in many forms, and sometimes those forms are ones that you have to sign that get you a payout so that you leave immediately. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Sometimes results don't matter. No, re- results. Rugby yeah. league's not a result-based business. No, God, no. Ridiculous. Something to do with KPIs. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't have anything to do with wins or ladder position or anything like that. Yeah, KPI number one. Did you make Phil happy? <laughs> That's it. Pretty much. <laughs> i tell you what, it, Ivan did the right thing, hey? He was like, listen... I'll take the job, but Gus has to go. Yeah. It was always a smart move. Yeah. It's, like I said to you before, this isn't how grown men are supposed to act. Is it possible? I mean, I'm going to take this away from feel good a little bit. Okay. Is it possible that you can get to a certain age Mm -hmm. where you stop being a grown man and you start regressing. It's possible. I mean, I guess you get old enough, you just start shit in the bed and, you know, <laughs> you know, going to bed early, you go back to eating mushy stuff. Um, <laughs> what else? Dribbling. Dribbling, yeah, yeah. A lot. Um, blaming the youth of today. 
Yeah, but what baby fucking blames the youth of today? Stewie Griffin did. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. Maybe that's why they cry. I think it's exactly why they cry. It's such a weird situation. And, like, Anthony Griffin... But Anthony Griffin should come out and say, I fucking hate having a stalker. (laughs) Because everything just... Like, what the fuck is it Phil Gould's problem who fucking the dragon sign? Why is he talking about Anthony Griffin? It's got nothing... There's nothing to do with anything. I don't... I don't understand how Phil Gould has got himself into this story. Neither do I. It makes no sense. He's got nothing to do with the club. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, got nothing to do with Mark Latham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how Phil Gould gets into this story. It, oh, it's one of the weirdest stories I've seen in rugby league for a very long time. about the weirdest bit um perhaps it's it's one of the most narcissistic stories out there i think that's a fair way of putting it um everything like you know there's two coaches that have been appointed just in the last two weeks that phil gould has stepped into the breach and had a lot to say about both of those situations and things that are that are not good for those situations either one of those situations like Trent Barrett had to come out and say he's fully committed to the to you know coaching the bulldogs it doesn't matter what he does now people are going to think that Trent Parrott's got one foot out the door at the Bulldogs. Yeah. And that's a terrible... And look, me and you don't think he's a very good coach at all. But that's, that's not fair on him. That's not fair on him whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a terrible situation. And it's the last thing he needed. And Anthony Griffin left the Panthers, didn't have anything bad to say about anything that happened at the Panthers. And kept his went, mouth shut after he left. Yep. Went about having a just a quiet media career wasn't saying outrageous things or anything called some footy games and things and then a good job comes up and he finally is the candidate that people are looking at and phil gould fucking dives in there like head first and puts himself in this situation now he can blame everyone else for it but he you know the only reason that anybody is talking about this now is because phil gould went on his podcast six tackles with karen or whatever it's called and brought it up again whinging yeah it's I just all think he, he does needs now. to calm down when was the last time we actually we had phil gould doing anything in the media that didn't involve him whinging about something um yeah yeah it's been a this while. Is a problem. you know what that means is that mm. Phil Gould's gone from being a rugby league analyst, which he was once brilliant at, yeah, to being a rugby league journalist. Yeah. yeah. That's where it, he is right now. It, it sucks. I mean, you used to listen to his commentary, and it was like, didn't matter who was playing. You sublime. wanted to hear what he was saying. It was great, yeah. and he it was, was giving sublime. you insight and stuff. Now it's like, 
it's infuriating listening to oh, it. Oh, just give him the try. Just give him the try. Yeah. yeah. You don't just give tries because you feel like it. That's not how refereeing works as much as you fucking wish it would. Yeah, yeah. And, I, like, I don't know what the deal is, but, he like, this year especially, he's been very vocal about a lot of things, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, there is definitely going to be situations where the media picks up on stuff he says and runs with it. But... It can't all be negative. Well, at the moment it is. Yeah, it is. The interesting thing about this is somehow, out of all of this, the one upside is that he hasn't managed to drag the Warriors through the shit in this. Yeah. The club he's going to. Yeah. Um, And the Warriors have been playing smart. They've said fucking nothing, and that's exactly the right thing that needs to be done. If Mm. only Phil had have adopted a similar approach to this whole process. Yeah. It's um it's such a weird situation. It's a very weird situation. And like you know, if he's had a fallen out with his friend of 40 years over Anthony Griffin getting a job uh that's you know. a pretty shallow basis for a fucking friendship to start with. Yeah. Look, I think that any like being a friend with a player manager, you've got to question that. I would question <laughs> that friendship. But and I, I say this because he's he he's come from that position as a coach and then as a general manager at Penrith. Player managers will pretend they're your friend right the way through to make sure they get good deals for their clients. You know, a player manager's job isn't to piss everyone off. No, that's right. And the play manager will play the long game. Mm-hmm. So long as they get what they what they need for their client out of it. Yep. Oh, man, there's so much ego in this story. There really is. And, like, Wayne Beavis has been a player manager for decades now, and mm-hmm. he's had some of the biggest clients in the game, and he has made – and I won't say he has made because that's probably the wrong phrase, but he has it's managed – entirely the wrong way. <laughs> Yeah. He has managed – Many, many millionaires in rugby league. And he, at times, has had the biggest clients in the game. And, you know, even this week, he's still getting people deals. So it's hard to argue against how he does all of the things he does. I mean, he's, he's got his name and his reputation based on results. And at the end of the day, rugby league is actually a results based game. And that's why Griffin is going to be the the Dragons' new coach, and that's why Beavis is still a manager. And you know, I don't think either of them care what Phil Gould thinks about that. No, uh, I have seen too that people are starting to slowly turn on Phil Gould. Mm. Like this story, people just going, Phil, just stop whinging. Yeah, but you know what? It's like an addiction for him now. He's hooked on the whinge. Yeah, and I, I just don't... He can't give it up, man. Yeah, I don't know why he wants to get involved in those situations. Like, why would you want to have that drama in your life? So the like, people are talking about you. But, like, it, is that how some people are? Is that how yes. some people really are? Yes. 
yes. I don't get that. Neither do I. But you like, point, point out to me a rugby league journalist in the last 20 years who isn't that way inclined. Like, a lot of these guys, they love the fact that they become a news story. Oh, check out what James Hooper had to say about blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? That's a good point. They fucking love it, though. Yeah. I'm the news now. I'm as big as a rugby league player. I'm now a story. And they're literally writing about each other now. Yeah, that's all they're doing. Yeah, and like we've talked about this on the podcast this year where, you know, the story is that, like, uh, Paul Kent said this on NRL 360 about this player, and it's like, that's not news. That's never news. Paul Kent's just a journo. You know, that journos aren't news. I don't care what journos say. Um, and it, it, I think that it's because the access they're getting to the game is being cut back by people that are actually within the game. And so they've got to come up with some sort of content and they've got to come up with content that gets the, the clicks, gets the hits and gets shared around social media. And the way that they normally are starting to do that now is to say and just say outrageous things. Yes. You know what? I've done a Google search here. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd, we're not going to be winters here. We're going to be we're going to be agents of change and assistance for people. Okay. Okay. Why so, didn't you run that by me before, damn it? <laughs> no, we're doing it now. Okay. <laughs> so this is about how do you deal with a narcissist? Okay. I found seven points here. Now, listen, I've been accused of being a narcissist before, but not by anybody important like me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so number one, don't fall for the fantasy. Your needs won't be fulfilled or even recognised. Okay. Number two, look at the way the narcissist treats others. Yep. Number three, take off the rose-coloured glasses. I don't know that Anthony's got rose-coloured glasses towards Phil Gould, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Four, focus on your own dreams. Yes. Five, make a plan. Yes. Six, consider a gentle approach. Okay. Seven, don't set a boundary unless you're willing to keep it. That's a good one. There you go. So there's some there's some uh, some ideas there for Griffin to, to work on um, when it comes to dealing with Phil Gould. I mean, See, I'd, I... Probably just, I'd probably just go with step number eight, and that is ignore the prick. Yeah, I agree, because I, I think that he's literally not in his life. Well, Like, he's he, trying to be, but he's not. He's living in his head, Red Freak. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's about it, man. Phil's, Phil needs to calm down. Yeah, just chill. Well, you know what he maybe needs? Here's what he needs. This is what we should do with Phil Gould. Okay, now, when I say this, I've never taken drugs in my life. It's just not my thing, you know, but nothing at all. Like the hardest drug I do is caffeine. But here's what I think we do. We we rent a combi van and we pick Phil up and we chuck, he's got, we chuck him some bloody boardies, right, mm-hmm. and a wine shirt and some thongs mm-hmm. and we go on a road trip, right? And he sits in the back now. He's going to be angry. He's not going to like it. He's going to be complaining about the car and everything. We give him the biggest fucking dose of acid, right? So an hour into this trip, 
he thinks he's in a fucking spaceship <laughs> flying through the Milky Way. And we're just going through, like, barrel and shit. We're not going anywhere special. And we stop somewhere down the coast near the ocean, right? Yeah. And just lay, lay him on the beach for, you know, five, six, 15 hours or so. We watch him, so he's okay. Yeah. But he just can, like, do, like, to sand angels and just keep talking to the, the fucking wizard that's floating over, over him that's come out of the Milky Way. And then when he starts to come down, we we get him a, a nice bed to sleep in because he's going to sleep for like, you know, 15, 16 hours as well. And then when he wakes up, we just make him fucking smoke all the drugs. All the drugs. <laughs> and we do that for six to eight months. No, so look... I think you might be on something here. Yeah. I do have a concern. Okay. If the acid isn't strong enough, he's yeah. going to be making those sand angels on the beach while looking up at the sky yeah. and talking about how shitty the clouds are for not looking like him. Yeah, but I I feel like his ego will be stripped away by the oh. uh, by the crabs that will come out. That he, like, they won't be real crabs. But he will feel as though the crabs will come out of the sand and strip him down to his like elements as he's looking up into the Milky Way. You might see them as staff, though. That's a good point. We're dealing with a massive ego here, and that's why we—that's why I think that you hot box him for six to eight months, and when he comes well, out of there, that, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, and now and so. Talking. He comes out of there, and I'm not saying you and me do it. We have to get somebody else doing it. Like, yeah, I we've, we've got minions in cages; they can do it. Mate, I'm from Mount Druitt. I know some people, so <laughs> we, we get him. Right? We hey, get I'm, him. I'm, I'm from the country. I know where the hot boxes are. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, anyway, when he comes back to civilization, we'll bring him back to civilization, but we'll pick him up in like a nice car, you know. We'll give him a suit. He can come back. He's going to be super chilled, super relaxed. He's going to talk about how he's been reading a lot. He's actually got into surfing. He didn't ever think he'd do something like that, but he's become a surfer. And he's just going to be chilled. And he'll call it like, you know, he'll call his podcast. He'll change it to like, nice game of footy with Gussie. You know, he's because he's going to be like, it doesn't have to be formal, bruh. Actually, you'd probably just call it. Let's just call it, you'd probably just call it, let's just have a lovely chat with old mate. Yeah, that'd be nice. He sits back, you hear, he just press record, cracks open the cold one, says, man, you ever seen the sunrise? Isn't it just beautiful? Damn. See, ah, how good's life? Now, the thing is, we're probably going to need a budget. Because this could get expensive. It, yeah, you're probably right. I didn't think of that. Because we need we need to buy a combi van. Yeah, I think I think that's on the low end of our okay. financial concerns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the cheap part. Yeah, I, yeah. Hey, we could be getting one of those Mercedes Benz that Latrell Mitchell is apparently driving in. That's still going to be the cheap part. Probably. That's a good point. That is a good point. We're gonna need all the acid. Yeah, it's get like it's gonna to have to be a what they would class as a trafficable amount. 
like if if you got caught with it, your your face is going to be blurred. Like you know how they catch some people oh, yeah. and they don't blur their face. Your face is fucking blurred. It's yeah. gonna be so bad for you. Your name will be changed. You'll have one of those. <laughs> you have one of those. You'll be stuck with it for life. Yep. yep. Make order and shit at Mac is so hard. Yeah, it will. Um, yeah. We probably need to get a policeman on site then. To, just to help with those issues. This is starting to get very complicated, isn't it? It is. I just wanted to kidnap a 60-year-old man and get him blotto on fucking pot and acid for eight months. I didn't think it was going to get this complicated. Well, you know, I, I do I do, do research, so, you know, this, this just <laughs> happens to me occasionally. <laughs> Maybe there's an alternative. Maybe we can just tie him to a tree until he just stops whinging. <laughs> it's like, I feel as though that would end really poorly. <laughs> so who... For whoever tied him to the fucking tree, they'd be like, dude, you left him out in the bush for like three months. What did you think was going to happen? All he'd do is just talk the tree to death. Even Mother Nature would get the shits with him and just say, you know, fine. Fuck you. I'm done with this prick. The tree falls over. It's tree tapped falls out. <laughs> it's tapped out. I can't be dealing with this shit anymore. Mother Nature's done. Man. He does. He he just needs to chill, though, hey? He does. He does. He, he needs to get off the caffeine and probably start drinking, like, lots and lots of chamomile. And not as a tea. I'm just talking chamomile straight. <laughs> I don't even know what chamomile is, huh? Neither do I. Inject it into his veins. It, 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 I'm guessing it's some sort of herb. Yeah, something in tea bags. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably just gum leaves that have been moulded, you know, matched up with some other shit. I, who knows? Yeah, some sort of leaf clippings of some sort. Yeah. Um, he needs to burn some candles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody lots of candles. Like sandalwood. Yep, uh, whatever that is. Yeah, I, I just know the word sandalwood. I know that's a candle. The candle's a chick thing, hey? Why do chicks yeah. buy candles? And fucking cushions and those stupid words that are signs, but they're words and they've got to stand them up everywhere. And they say things like dream and love and fucking bullshit like that. Maybe they're arsonists that like to be comfortable. What do you mean? Well, candles, cushions. (laughs) That's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're just like watching fire. Mm-hmm. But they want to do it with comfort. They don't want to do it in fear. So that's why they get a candle, because it's not going to go away on them too far. Yeah, true. They're trying to be responsible arsonists. Yeah. What's the other end of that? (laughs) 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 um, Feel good without a candle. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, that's... I think that's what I feel as though in this whole situation, it's just very weird. And I don't understand why I don't understand the drama and I don't understand why grown men would fucking act like this. Yeah, maybe given that, given that Anthony Griffin's been pretty relaxed about this whole thing. Yeah. Maybe feel good needs to start reading some of Mark Latham's tweets. <laughs> They're not exactly common from what I saw. <laughs> well, hey, Griffin's not the one starting the drama here. 
Yeah, that's true. Maybe there's some peace to be found from 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 the Latham diaries. Griffin sounds pretty. He sounds very chill when he talks. Yeah, and it's funny that there's like that rumor that the he had a falling out with the Panthers players because they're in fourth place. Like if they're all angry and winning games, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but now they're all happy and winning games, so. Well, that's the thing. The Panthers come out and said they're happy with the situation. Well, of course they are. They're fucking runaway leaders of the comp. Yeah. Like, you'd be pretty mad to be upset about that situation. Yeah. What else were they going to say? <laughs> oh, look, we don't think Ivan's the right man for the club at the moment. Yeah, he only won, what, like 37 straight games and on top of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, we're still seeing how it plays out. Yeah. Not sure yet. Not sure. Madness. It really is. Rugby league is very strange. There's a lot of uh, lot of egos involved, and there's so much bullshit that surrounds the game. It's like, uh, it's like flies buzzing around. It's not the main event. <laughs> That's right. Rugby league's just the entree. Yeah. yeah. Well, to the journos anyway. It's what we all care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's funny hey, that this week. Should... I was going to say, it's funny that this week there's been more talk about, you know, rugby league's future in England than there has been in Australia. I know, right? <laughs> Although we did have the CEO, you know, sit down and say lots of nothing. So that was good. Said words. Uh, he's looking for some outcomes that are acceptable to all of the stakeholders. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, let's talk about some of the games. But just really quickly, because we don't want to do a three-hour podcast. Um we're still doing a three-hour podcast right now. I know. Yeah, go West, on. Okay, so West Tigers, a little bit of drama there. West Tigers versus the Rabbitohs. How do you see that going? That's on Thursday night at 7.50 p.m. Tigers will win by 50. No chance. Well, um, now I know where the acid is going to be provided. <laughs> <laughs> Got a stash of it out of the back. No, look, um, Tigers need to win this game, mm-hmm. and... Tigers have a long history, not just under their current coach, but under all their coaches, that when they need to win a game, they don't. Yeah. And they need to win games from now on in, and I can't see them starting this weekend. No, I, I think this loss would just about lock them in for ninth place. Um, I'll, look, I'll be honest with you. I, I doubt that they'll finish ninth. Oh, really? You think that the Warriors will be at ninth? Or Manly. Wow, okay. The Tigers have got two, two tougher run home. I can't see them winning a game from here on in, and that means that the Warriors are mainly just need to win one of their games and bang, Tigers are down to 10th, 11th, could even be 12th. Because the Dragon, Dragons are in the picture as well too. I I have a feeling that the Rabbitohs are going to absolutely decimate the West Tigers. I just, I've been waiting for the Tigers to fall apart um, for the last couple of weeks and uh, you know, the Rabbitohs just uh, re-signed Johnson for another few years. That was good to see. I I, I just feel like they're, they're playing really well, and this might be the game where the West Tigers get smacked. Um, could be. So, I think it's going to be one of those games where one team's going to hit 30. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not confident in the Tigers winning the game, but as I do every week, I'll tip them anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Friday night, 6 p.m., we've got Trent Barrett's Bulldogs that he's committed to up against the Seagulls. The Seagulls are just in a real bad place. 
God, it's a this weird hard. game. I I want the Bulldogs to win just so the Broncos get the spoon. Yep. But after watching the Bulldogs in the last few weeks against teams where they probably could have won and lose, yep. I've heard people say that this Bulldogs team doesn't deserve, doesn't deserve to be the wooden spooners. But you know what? They're shit. They deserve the wooden spoon. I'm not. I'm not backing the Bulldogs anymore. I, I, I still hold out hope that they can do it. Oh, likewise, but yeah, I, but I think, I'm not confident. I used to be confident, and I'm not now. I think they've proven beyond doubt now that they just they just don't have what it takes to be competitive with anyone to the point where you could look at them and go, yeah, they're going to win this game. Mm. They're just not. Yeah, and. Furthermore, I mean, the Broncos last week actually looked competitive for the first time this year in a game. They looked real. I thought it was their best game by a long way. Mm, um, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. So, Friday night, the big clash. One, It should be one of the clashes of the season if it lives up to all the hype. Uh, 8 p.m., the Penrith Panthers hosting the Parramatta Eels. How do you see this one going? Well, just so you know, this is a, a, a stat for this one. This will be the 100th time that these two teams will have met. Wow. Um, I, I'm i going to go with Penrith, but I'm not confident. I'm not confident in either team here. I don't know which way to go on it, but I'll, I'm siding with Penrith only just. And I think it's because a bunch of young guys mm-hmm. who are um, playing well, they're on a winning run, which means they're all full of confidence. And that does wonders for any team that's full of young players. Yeah, and I, I feel as though the Eels, they're just not clicking for some reason, and I i can't put my finger on what it is. I, some people were saying this week to me on Twitter that ever since um, Mitchell Moses come back, they just haven't been the same. And it, it did start happening about that time. I don't know that it is Moses himself, but he hasn't played as well as he was early on after the um, restart. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's um, fully fit. Yeah, it's and so like he's, he's not, not playing the ball. That's right. He's not playing the uh, the more aggressive style that he was playing at the start of the year mm. uh, in attack. He's sort of being more of a deliverer of the ball. It's kind of like the rolling of the West Tigers, where he just sort of stood and passed the ball on. He wasn't that involved in plays, and it just means that all the playmaking duties are falling on other players. Mm. Um, he's pretty much a non-event at the moment. Uh, that loss of Brown is massive because Brown yeah. is the sort of player that could cover that. He could cover over that. And is Moniat as well? Uh, he's been named. From what I've seen, he's been named, but I would expect him not to play. Mm, likewise. Um, the Panthers had news today that uh, James Tamo signed for the West Tigers. Really? Yeah, I saw that. I'm sure I saw oh, that on Jesus Twitter somewhere. Christ. No, it's good. It's uh, I think it's the sort of signing that they need to, you know, they need spine players, but get an older forward in. It'll be good. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's not a that's not a commentary on James Tamo. It's just we don't need forwards. Yeah, and an older, and especially an older dude. Yeah, he's not super old, but like by the time the West Tigers sort everything out, he's probably going to be retired. This comes under the the back of news today that uh, Michael Maguire said that 
Russell Packer and Josh Reynolds will be at the West Tigers in 2021. I went, mm-hmm. wow. There goes my hope for next year already. Yeah, and he also said that they will not be swapping David Norfoluma for Josh Adokar. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. why would you get rid of the you know, competition's top try scorer? Yeah, but he is the best winger in the game, Josh Adokar. He may be. Well, there's, there's two wingers in each team. True. But <laughs> if you put one on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but where would you get somebody that can kick off good? Where would he play then? Got to look at it from the Tigers' point of view, Andrew. Jesus. I have to get Pat Richards back and make him play in the centres. I bet he would do the exact same in attack and defence that he did back then. <laughs> There'll be no change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's stop bashing on Tigers. The uh, Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m., we've got the Dragons, who announced their new coach for next year, up against the Raiders. The Raiders should smack the Dragons. I think they need it for their confidence because they look a little bit wobbly. They've taken a step back from being a, one of the top contenders. They're probably the step down from them now. And that, but they need to send a message by smashing the dragons. Yeah, I, this should be a game that the the Raiders win comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and look, I I also think that George Williams will probably play pretty well here, just because the the dragons' defense on opposition halves has been a bit sad this year. Yeah. So and given that he likes to run the ball, I think he and White could actually have a pretty good game, and that could be bad news for the dragons. Yeah, the Dragons, their end to this season has been a bit weird. Um, I saw, who was it that was saying that they hoped Dean Young hung around in the coaching ranks because they see him as a future coach? I wish I could remember who it was. Wanted to make him an assistant coach or something like that at the club. Yeah. Um, So 5.30pm, Saturday afternoon. It's the local derby up there in Queensland, the High Flying Titans up against the high-flying Broncos. Titans. Yeah, Titans are going to fucking do this pretty easy, I think. God, I, think I hope they do a number on them. Can you imagine? That would be great. I just want to say that the Titans, are, they're in 13th place still. They're locked into that 13th place. That's good. And the Broncos are in 15th. So, yeah. Um, now, 7.30 p.m. Saturday night, the Roosters versus the Knights. The Knights look stuffed. They look done. Yeah, I think they they are done, and I think I think um, the Roosters have been coasting a little, and mm-hmm. I reckon this could be the game where they decide, you know what, let's put it into fourth gear and see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, and like they've got, you've got to remember they've got their big gun on the bench, the Roosters, Angus Crichton. Um, he really adds to their team when he comes off the bench. So, but they've they've also got uh, Nat Butcher as well. So he'll be good. And uh, of yeah, course, he's been handy. Yeah, yeah, he has been. He's been really good. Um, and you can never forget Lindsay Collins as well on the the Roosters bench. Uh, he's he's had a good year. He's a uh, shown a lot of promise. I, yeah, they're, they're setting it up so they've got these two young props there that are pretty much going to take over when JWH and. Well, especially just when he leaves, because he's probably closer to retirement than um, yeah, the other guy. I keep forgetting how to pronounce his surname. Apologies to you, but there you go. They've got they've got some good props there. Um, Are you talking some... about Takiaho? 
Yeah, I hear people say call it talky aho, and so yeah, I don't know. I'm white. I can't pronounce people's names properly. I grew up in Mandurah, man. It just rolls off the tongue for me. Yeah. Um. So Sunday afternoon, four p.m. We don't have a two o'clock game. Do you like the two o'clock game being missing, or do you like the seven thirty? I, I, pref- I prefer the Sunday two o'clock game followed by the Sunday four o'clock game. Yep. Um, nothing irritates me more than having to sit around and wait till eight o'clock on Sunday afternoon to see the last game being played. I, you know what? I like the two and the four o'clock games as well. But when I know I've got that footy game to watch at six thirty on a Sunday, I'm pretty happy for it as well. So I, I can't complain too much. Four p.m. Sunday afternoon. The Storm take on the Cowboys. The Storm should absolutely annihilate the Cowboys. This is going to be... I hope they've got the police at the game because there's going to be murder. Yeah. this uh, The Cowboys are just atrocious. Um, 17 ambulances required. The, you know what the Cowboys are? The Cowboys are like the complete opposite of the Melbourne Storm. They're just yeah. erratic. Their ball handling is terrible. Their attack is hopeless. Their defense is just gutless. They're just Apart from that. They're pretty good. <laughs> Cowboys are just cruising. Yeah, like, there doesn't seem to be much interest in their game at the moment. There's players there that are putting in, but not all of them are. Yeah. Um, I know I've said it before, but I, I am enjoying watching Mitch Dunn play. Mm-hmm. Kid looks absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, without, without some genuine attacking halves, without Tormalolo there, you, you can't, you can't see him as a genuine win chance, not against Melbourne. And seriously, drink water. I mean, they should t- change his name to waterboarding because that's what it's <laughs> like watching him play fucking football. <laughs> and then Sunday night, 7.30 PM, this is a showstopper. It's the Sharks. Versus the Warriors. Who you got in that one? This potentially could be the game that decides the top eight. Mm. The Sharks win this, and that's that's pretty much it for the top eight for the year. Not not certainty, but it's going to be pretty hard for any team to to finish eighth, other than Cronulla, if if the Sharks get up, and I think they will. Because yeah. they're going to have Sean, Sean um, Johnson back. There's no Chad Townsend in the side. That's two massive pluses for the Sharks. Very true. Although they've dropped Braden Trindle, which is interesting. They've got him on there as number 20 on their um, extras bench, which I think is a weird one. They get Andrew Fafita back, which is handy. Um, Katoa's back as well. well. A couple of weeks ago, it might have been two weeks ago, I think, um, when the Sharks played with the, the two rookie halves there, Trindle and um, Tracy. Mm. And the Sharks played with a big forward pack on the bench, mm-hmm. and they looked really good doing it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to do a similar thing against a you know pretty sizable Warriors side. They might just come out with a an all forwards bench, uh, especially yeah. given that they've got no Wade Graham there as well. They're going to need as much firepower as they can get in, on the edges as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do go that way, mm-hmm. and just hope they don't get any injuries in the back line. But Talakai can play at centre. He's a he's a big unit, but he's got a bit of toe about him for a, for a for. A, he looks a bit like a front row. He's a back row. Mm. Oh, man, yeah. he's another great player. That kid. 
the uh, Warriors get Alvaro and George Jennings, Jennings back, who they missed last week. Um, and hopefully we can get through this game without Warriors fans carrying on like a fucking ambulance for two hours. <laughs> like, you know, win a fucking game and shut the fuck up. And that is round 18 of the National Rugby League for 2020. And how good was that? It's been that awesome. Done a, a preview of the round. There you go. Um, can I get your opinion on one player at the moment? Yes. Nathan Brown from Parramatta. Oh, man, my neck is really sore. <laughs> I'm thinking of calling him Neymar Brown. Why Neymar? That man loves a dive. Oh. <laughs> How is his carry-on when, when Tavunga, like, grabbed hold of his jumper around the around the throat area? No, it didn't grab him by the throat, but, you know, just the, the jumper underneath the throat there. And he just pushed him away. Yeah. He's like, oh, he fucking punched me. He had a big sook, and he's pushing Tavunga's head in the ground from behind because he's a big man. There's something about those players that, like, and Brown gets the ball. He runs it back hard. Like, you can't get around that at all. But there's something about a player that can do that who then carries on with all the other stuff, you know, and, and people don't like it. And I think of somebody like a Shane Webke who was just quiet, got the job done, and tough as tough as nails, you know. Oh, yeah, e- yeah. Even a Jeff Tuvey, you know, Jeff Tuvey, tough as nails, you know. People, in I mean, Rose- he got he got his head trod on in the grand final, mm. and just said, "I oh, just put some sticky tape on, I'll go back out." Yeah, and you know, so people really, I think, in rugby league, they do value the right sort of toughness, and that's not to say you want to see players getting injured and playing through it, but. People also react very poorly to a lot of the stuff that Brown is doing at the moment. And, you know, you don't want to be that player. No, it's because you see when he is playing and he's he's got his head in the game, he is undoubtedly one of the best forwards in the game. Yeah, There's good. no doubt about that. Mm. But he's got the shit in his eye caper where he'll try and do whatever he can to try and get a penalty or get some sort of bullshit in his favour. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care what it does to his integrity or his, you know, what people think of him as a player. He does not care. Now, here's the thing, right? You've got that balance. He, If you say he does anything he can to win, it, part of you wants that out of a player. But there is that, that does damage your reputation if you do it the way that we've seen him do it. There's other players in the past we've seen do it that way. And it's something you don't shake. Yeah, um, like two players that come to mind that did this an awful lot, especially at the start of their careers, was Paul Gallon and Greg Bird. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, Gallon got rid of it by the, the back half of his career. Like he'd probably still do a few little things here and there, but you wouldn't see him take a dive. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Bird, lesser, he'd probably still do it. But um, it's kind of those things. The thing is, though, they they did balance more towards being tough and fair as opposed to being more of a diver and a sook. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why they went on and played test on origin football and why Brown probably hasn't yet. Mm. And I think Brown needs to scale back on the sooky, whingy, diving bullshit and just focus on playing football as best he can that we know he can. Because he did it, what, not just last year, but the year or two before that as well. And he was yeah. being talked about as a genuine origin player. And I think, and I, I think it was I just think... injuries that stopped him from getting there. But we know he can do it without all of this stupid 
shitty crap that he's got in his game. He just needs to scrap that crap, focus on playing footy and being a hard nut, and people will respect him straight away. He'll get those rep honors, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it takes away from his game. Like, it takes effort to do that. And that effort could be better channeled into just doing what he does best. Yeah, fully agree. It just irritates me seeing someone so skilled, so brilliant, and who plays the game so hard so often to send into doing that sort of pissy, gutless, cowardly horseshit. Yeah, look, I, the thing that really I didn't like the most was um, with the the crusher tackle stuff because I think players are very, very careful about if they get a player in a position where there is a crusher tackle that could potentially happen, players try and get out of that situation as best as they can. And when I say players, I mean the defenders. Mm-hmm. Um and it, there's a thing in rugby league where if someone starts saying their neck in a tackle, you stop. Yeah. You don't. You don't continue. And so to to use that sort of um, response, which is a sportsman's response against teams, that that to me is the thing that I really don't like. It's kind of like shooting at a medic in war. It's just yeah. you, you you don't go and do. Yeah, true. Because it's a, it's a trust thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. I'm I'm not saying that he's he's lying about the crusher tackles, but the thing is that one against the Tigers where he laid down just long enough to get the penalty and then sprung to his feet and went to do the next hit up. Mm. All that does is, I mean, we all know the boy cried wolf. It, next time it, he gets into a crusher tackle, and he cries out, "Oh my neck, my neck." How many times do you reckon he's going to be able to say that? And opposition players are going to say, he's just bullshitting like he did against the Tigers. And then yeah, one and day, it could be his neck. Yeah, and that, like, that's a worrying thing. And it's also a thing of like, you don't want it to become such a trend that in the NRL, players start even questioning, you know, oh, is this player just trying to milk a penalty or is his neck really a problem in this tackle? And, and yeah, that's why I didn't like it, what he mm. did. Because it was an absolutely terrible look and it did no nothing for his reputation and it, it's really i mean it's stuck with people it's stuck with a lot of people this is the first time i've talked about it mm. but it's stuck with a lot of people and and really left a bad taste in their mouth and you know i wonder if players consider those things or if it, they don't even know that it's it's going on around the game they don't pick up on it i don't know yeah, it's hard to know. It's um, yeah, the diving and stuff like that. It's something I've always hated in in all sports. Mm. And I don't know the game. That's one thing the game needs to think about trying to crack down on. So if a player says that they've got a, a neck injury from a crusher tackle, maybe we need to bring in a rule that says, right, if you've done you hurt your neck, you need to come off the field for twenty minutes and get it assessed before you can go back on. And we're doing that out of player safety. Yeah, but then, then you would like if you have hurt your neck or twinged your neck or something. You you want players to say straight away if there's something wrong with their neck, not to think, man, I can't go off twenty minutes. 
this is a situation that's um that's going to happen though. I mean, we're gonna we've got all the replays to see if there's a crush attack will taking place or not. Yeah. So we can probably take that decision out of the players' hands more often than not. Now we've heard, had a lot of people that were opposed to the HIA thing, mm-hmm. but we're seeing that players aren't really being able to to cheat that system too much these days. No, although the, every so often I will see mm-hmm. a player leave the field, especially later in the game with a HIA, and I feel as though it's the team deciding to use it as an interchange. Yeah. But it's a small price to pay to be on the safe side. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. Um, so, but, you know, something, something's got to be sorted out in that area to try and put an end to that. Mm-hmm. Um. As I said, like I remember saying before, in a way to stop clubs from abusing the HIA system is if a player comes off with a HIA and um, that that player should automatically be, should miss the next week's game as well just for, you know, player safety. That's what you put it under. But if you've then, had a head knock, then we need to give you a week off so that you recover fully from any symptoms that may have arisen from that head knock. We don't want to have your brain being damaged. But that's and only if, if they if they don't pass their tests, right? No, all the time. So, but but because you like can have you can have delayed responses to it. That that's true. That's one hundred percent true. But what if it is a situation where a player has because you can you can be in a pretty rough looking tackle, and you might get or you might come away from a tackle and just stumble because you've misplaced your leg or something and we've seen it a couple of times where a player has like been in a tackle they've stumbled away from getting back to their 10 and they've come off with a HIA and they've been they've actually been fine and when you look at the replay they it's not really the tackle they've just stumbled as they've come out of it and that happens and look I'd rather you know err on the side of caution in those situations but I just hate to see where a player you know, comes from filled with the HIA. They work out that there wasn't actually a concussion at all, but even so, he has to keep it off the field for a week. These are the issues that we're going to have to deal with when we've got clubs and players mm. who are trying to rot on our systems within the game. Yeah. Um, and so if they're going to do that, then they need to... They need to cop consequences and penalise them until mm-hmm. they come into a line and start playing the game in the spirit of the game and stop trying to, you know, trying to find loopholes to exploit in the game's rules all the time to try and get the edge of the opposition. That's my yeah. stance on that. Okay. Um, uh, ask but fair. Ask but fair. You should become the rugby league czar. <laughs> That's me. The czar. <laughs> Not the super guru anymore, then. Well, no, just leave it in there. Just add it to the resume. Super gurus are. Yeah. So it yeah. works. Rolls off the tongue. It really does. Um, in a little bit of more news, yeah. uh, former Cronulla, well, current Cronulla Shark Centre, Bronson Sherry, has elected to challenge the potential multi-year ban for his alleged use of anabolic steroids before the NRL's anti-doping tribunal. So his A test come back positive, his B test come back positive. He still wants to take to the tribunal and he's going to, uh, my understanding is that he will say that he accidentally took a banned substance 
to overcome and shoulder injury over the off season, um, which. Is... But I suppose also he he could he will try and argue that he didn't actually play while on the substance, so therefore he hasn't actually cheated. Yeah, as in, if if we're honest, he hasn't actually played while having the drugs in his system if he did take up after he got the injury because he hasn't played a single game since then. So he could say, Mm -hmm. I haven't officially cheated Mm because I haven't been back on the field yet. (laughs) See, I think he's got two problems. Number one, the out-of-competition testing for this shit is for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, And, and number two, he took this shit and then went on a fucking media tour talking about how much quicker he was because he's been training so well. And number three, he tested positive for testosterone and metabolites for androstrone and just shit that is like, I don't care how fucking dumb you are. You know from the names of that shit, it's banned, dude. Yeah, on the on the cover for it, it says, this will come up in a drugs test and it's yeah. in bold bigger than the actual name of the drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> He's like, huh? Oh, it's like, good. it should be right. On the bottle, it says, this is the shit that Ben Johnson took. Yeah. yeah don't know so... Ben Johnson? Click on this link. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that he's going to have to sit out for four years, no matter what the fuck happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As I said, Dale, he'll try and find whatever loophole he can to try and get out of it, but um, it's not going to work. I'll be surprised if it does work. Um, Yeah. I was going to say, there's another story. They're just rolling off the top there, Minya. The Dragons have committed to giving Jack DeBellin an extended contract after his court case is heard. Yeah, uh, I think they should wait until the court case is done. Yeah, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Just Why would you tie up one roster spot and money in someone who may not ever play again? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's just bad management. That's something that Paul McGregor would do. Yeah, I think it actually happened on his sort of mm-hmm. watch, I feel like. Um that's a weird one. You know what I'm waiting to see is when Shane Flanagan gets flicked. And how? Yeah. Because is it going to happen before the season's out? Because I can't imagine Flanagan's going to stick around if he knows that he's out next year. Hmm. Mind you, they did only sign Griffin for two years, didn't they? Yeah, but still, I mean, that's two, that's two more years. So I think... Uh, Flanagan's ban has one more year to run after this year from memory. I think maybe the Dragons are thinking if we give him, like, keep him on as assistant coach for one year mm. and then have one year grace where hopefully everyone forgets about what he did. They won't. Um, but maybe everyone forget what he did and then we'll just slide him into the head coaching role when Griffin leaves. If you're Griffin, do you... Shit, even- no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even need the rest of the question. I don't want you. I don't want planning it at the club at all. Exactly. Exactly. No, no that that should have been the first thing. You, you know, you have a three point plan. That's plan number one on your on your contract. You sign. No more Flanagan, please. Flanagan is gone. Yeah. Well, what does Flanagan do? Does he go over to Super League where he'd be fine to coach, um, or does he sit out another year 
I, uh, if I was him, I'd sit out a year. Yeah. Um, I think we need to start seeing some apologies from Mr. Flanagan. Um, but yeah, I, I think he should probably just go over the Super League. Probably go over there for about a decade <laughs> until everyone forgets about what happened and they've moved on in their lives and don't care about him coming back as much anymore. Yeah. And then come back and be a coach then. Yeah. I, I, I You know, it's funny when they show the coaching boxes at NRL games and the two coaches that stand out for me in coaching boxes that aren't their coaches are Trent Barrett and Shane Flanagan. <laughs> I like Trent Barrett. He's always writing. He, I, like, I think the reason Trent Barrett stands out for me, apart from the fucking eyeliner, which is just on point, um, is the fact that you know that there are so many journalists that put the Panthers attacking success down to Trent Barrett <laughs> and not the fact that they've got like a handful of these fucking incredible young players that are just starting to hit their peak. So on that, mm. what are you going to do next year when your attack returns to shit? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I can't see, I can't see the likes of, you know, Crichton and Naden and to Oh, playing well um, without Trent Barrett there. Do you think the Panthers, yeah. like, you know, let's be honest, they're going to win the premiership this year. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Do you think, though, with T-Baz going elsewhere, mm-hmm. that they're going to pretty much be a carbon copy of the 2005 West Tigers, and that is they'll then have five years of finals wilderness before they reach the finals again? Anything is possible with the Panthers, but no. <laughs> there you go. Good old Trent Barrett, eh? Ah, he's attacking genius. Can't wait to see him at the Bulldogs next year. Now, though, I also heard a rumor today that um, the Broncos are looking at signing Kieran Foran. Yeah, Nadine actually uh, messaged me about that today. Look, at, I don't think it's the worst thing for a bro- the Broncos. I don't think they're going to get much out of it. I don't know. I, I just can't really see a downside. Like, yeah, he's injury-prone and stuff, but, man, they're building from the bottom. Like, you take what you can get. I think also, given that they've got young halves there, he'd mm. be pretty handy to have around and to keep them motivated on doing their job because if they, you know, if either of those halves get injured or their form dips, Forum will come and he'll do a good job. And they'll yeah. have to fight to get their spot back. Yeah, the, the thing they need to do is get in a really good coach um, I think they should get Jeff Toovey, but there's so much stuff um, floating around about Wayne Bennett going back, which would be just <laughs> hilarious. So we'll see what happens. But, it, like, they really need somebody that can go in, say, look, I've got a plan to – I've got a plan in place, so I want to sort the juniors out. I want to get rid of the dead wood. You know, it, I don't care about legacies. I don't care about any of that. This is a football team. It's got a lot of natural resources. Let's make those natural resources work again. And But it's all about work. And they don't need somebody that comes in and says, this is the Broncos, and we're going to make the Broncos play Broncos football again because the Broncos deserve to be Broncos at the Bronco, 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I don't think they need an old boy there either, so I don't think Kevin Moulders is the answer. I agree. They need change. Yeah. Um, have we had any emails? Yeah, we have. We've had a couple. Oh. Um, we had one on the website and one in the email email. So let's pe- get both of them out here. Uh, <clears throat> well, while you're digging that out. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. We've had a... Um... We've had a few reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I knew there was one there, but there's another one there. Okay. Um, James Cunny, 83, has said, mm-hmm. heart-hitting and straight to the point, well worth a listen, not for the faint-hearted if you're English, though. Yes. He's one of my Patreons. Um, very nice review. I like that one, James. Thank you for that. And N. Finelli has given us two thumbs up. You can also find them on LinkedIn. Amazing. <laughs> That's random. There we go. And you yes, can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on LinkedIn. Um, okay, so we got an email. First of all, we got an email from Ash. Newy Ash. So he says, Who would you select as your New South Wales centre pairing if you had to choose them today, assuming Turbo is unavailable, which it's the footy season. Turbo is unavailable. He's unavailable. Who would you wow. choose? Wow. Um, so we're going purely on form? I guess. Jeez, it's hard to not look at Josh Morris. Man, you'd be a brave coach to pick Josh Morris, though, hey? I don't know. See, he's bloody rock solid. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get a good performance from him every bloody week. But uh, I think the, I think they're pretty much that they they will only play if you know there's no one else available and they need need someone to help out. Yeah. But. Um, I don't know. I've always liked the way the Morris boys play. You never see them have shit games at any level, really. But um, I don't know. Who's eligible from Penrith? Naden would be. Um, I, I don't think Crichton is because Crichton was born in Samoa. Uh, unless he come over... The, like I know that if you come over at a certain age and play your footy, in New South Wales, and it's like very young now, which is is good. So he might qualify that way. Mm. I, I would like to see. And look, if Crichton qualifies for New South Wales, he's the first centre up pick. But I, I would like to see Naden get a run in rep football. If we, I, I picked an Australian team a few weeks ago, and I put him on the wing, and it's more a case of like. I like to get a youngster in there and see what they can do in the, at rep level. And I'd like to see what Naden does at rep level. He's a big dude. He's very strong. He gets involved in the, you know, the rough play. He doesn't, doesn't really phase him at all. Um, he's very athletic as well, though. And, and I think that he would do a pretty good job. But, uh, you know, I, I can see where an origin coach would want to see more football out of him um because his career is really only just getting going yeah that's it's a damn good question it is yeah because normally i would had i would have had latrell mitchell in as a center but he's 
I mean, he's out injured, and I know he's been playing fullback, but, you know, I think Latron Mitchell, you could, I reckon you could, at a stretch, play him at 5'8", and he'd probably do something for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, tell you what, I'll, I'll go left field. Mm-hmm. I'll go a rookie. Mm-hmm. Zach Lomax. Yeah, yeah, he's been in pretty good form. Uh, he's just got that little bit of X factor about him. Pretty handy goal kicker too. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he'd do a bad job there. Yeah, it's worth a go. There you go. We've we've, we've answered that question. There's three of them. I th- like I, all three of them. I'd be happy with. Yeah. Um, if Crichton was available, I'd definitely have him. Um. I can't think of anyone else that really stands out, though, hey? No. Um, no, not, not really. It's an interesting one. It is. We will we'll, we'll definitely, as soon as the NRL season finishes, the Origin teams will start being thrown about. We'll definitely do a an Origin preview where we'll pick our New South Wales and Queensland teams before they're picked. Absolutely. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, now to the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got one here from Lambretta, and he says, Hi, guys. Listening to your 200th episode. So he's about 700 episodes behind at the moment. Uh, he he's says, catching up. Yeah, he says, Movies to watch. We must have been talking about movies. Um, Pulp Fiction. He says it's more quotable than Predator. Ooh. Is it, though? No way in the world. No. I could quote I could quote Predator for the next hour without <laughs> any problems. I'm not even joking. Yeah, I it's as far as quotable, I mean Predator is like diehard. It's full of short lines and short mm-hmm. lines are always quotable. Yep. Um Diehard's got a few sorry, um Pulp Fiction's got a few long ranty type things in there. Yeah, and like some, remember all that stuff. At some point, when a movie quote starts to get too wordy, like you're dealing with a psychopath. Yeah, you you tune it out. Yeah, it's like the, like oh, what are you talking to me this whole time? Like <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing the whole dialogue between Vince and the fucking chick, and they were talking about milkshakes. It's like, oh, oh right. So the other quote I remember from from Pulp Fiction is, "Now that's a tasty burger." Yep, there's that one. That's it. I'm done. Zed's dead. I, I, lo- I love the movie, but uh, yeah, as far as quotes from it go, that's the only one I can remember. I say about everything. Every time I have a, a, a milkshake or something like that, I'll say it's a tasty burger, and a little girl look at me and says, it's not a burger, Dad. Oh. You know what I like? <laughs> you know how I am... Uh... Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, let's say beautiful. Yeah. Remember I told you when somebody says, do you know what the secret ingredient is in this? And I've always got ready to go. Well, one of the things that you can also do is say you're drinking a milkshake or something, you take a drink and you go, yeah, I see what they did there. And you do it in that voice every single time. (laughs) You'll break people down doing that. You watch. (laughs) They'll sit there consuming it like it's a milkshake. They're consuming it like a red wine connoisseur. Yeah, exactly. Switches exactly. around their mouth and going, hmm. Hmm. What did they do there? <laughs> and you do it with everything. You do it with like, you do it with Bottled like. Bottled water? Yeah. yeah. 
a minty, anything, <laughs> Tic Tacs, Maccas. Yeah, I see what they did there. And you see, you do that a few times in a row, and you'll start to see the looks. Uh, I live for them looks, eh? That's brilliant. <laughs> um, another, we must have been talking about movies to watch. He said, uh, Inception, just so we can hear if you understand what is happening and explain it for those who have no fucking idea. <laughs> um, I have seen it, and... I did understand it, but it'd be boring to sit through. <laughs> it would be a, it'd be a real. I, I like Inception. It's a. I really enjoy it, but it would be a really difficult movie <laughs> to yeah. to podcast. <laughs> That's um, true. He said, "P.S. Don't eat a fifty dollar bag of weed and watch Lawnmower Man. That's not recommended. Well, it is, but don't record it. Cheers, Lambretta." <laughs> Lawnmower Man. Do you remember the Lawnmower Man? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, was that was bad. That was a real bad movie. <laughs> that was bad. Jeez. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, we got a, a an email from Adam from his Commodore sixty four. He said he really enjoyed the Sunny Bill Williams um, episode, um, and he agreed that about. I said Sunny Bill Williams is just fucking boring. So he agreed with that. And then he, he said he listens with his earphones on and sometimes he'll just burst out laughing. And he said he uh, went the other day he heard, and I think you might have said this. He said that I said it, but I can't remember saying this. Um, when we were talking about Russell Packer, and said the only other time Russell Packer pulled off a hit that hard, it landed him in jail. I'm pretty sure that was you. Was it me? I can't yeah. remember saying that. Yeah. That's that, that's the sort of sledgehammer wit that you that you're famous for, not me. I must have said that like a shark going into <laughs> to a feeding frenzy. My eyes are rolled back in my head, and it's just you know stream of consciousness. Yeah, that 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 sounds like one of yours. Yeah, god damn. <laughs> I, just, I was gonna, just, I was gonna, I was gonna back and say, "No, nah, that was Andrew," but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I could be wrong, but it sounds more like something you would, you would have said. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> I tend to be a lot more subtle with what I say, genuinely, unless it's about a wriggling journal, then I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't do subtle in any way, no. in anything. I just can't do it. I don't pick up on subtle signals, and uh, I just can't speak subtly. It's, it's nah. not good. So there we go. Was that all the emails? Yeah, that's all the emails. Wow. We're all caught up on the admin. Yeah, we did good. All righty. Well, I suppose we can put this one to bed then, eh? That's what she said. So where would I go if I wanted to shave my balls? You'd go to www.patreon.com slash league freak. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't send me pictures of your shaved balls on there, people. But I mean, he definitely wants pictures of your shaved balls. So look, get in look, there. Take listen, if you... of yourself, go to Manscaped. <laughs> get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Use the NRL um, code that we've that we've got aside just for you. Get twenty percent off. Get free shipping, and then send Freaky a video of you shaving your balls. Listen, if you join my Patreon, you can send me pictures or whatever, man. As long as you're on the Patreon, I'll, I'll look at everything. That, I'll do that now. From now on, if you join the Patreon, 
as long as it's legal, I'll, I'll watch whatever you say. <laughs> and you never know, you might get freaky doing the same in return. No, no, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, we can also go to... Uh, you can also go to that Patreon account there to help support one of the best and longest-serving independent rugby league content creators there is out there. Independence is important. You don't want to be locked into any bullshit. You want to own your own shit, and we both find that important, both me and Andrew, and that's why. If you are a big supporter of Rugby League Project, you go to patreon.com forward slash project, and you put your money where your mouth is. You give it to this man that's here, that's sitting across from me in the studio. We need a studio name. What can we call, You know how they've got the Clive Churchill Studios for yeah. Fox Sports? What if we uh, named our studio after someone that we shit? The Matthew Elliott studio. <laughs> no, 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 no. I <laughs> don't want to burn it down. Um, the Jason Taylor Studios. The Jason Taylor. The Paul Carriage Studio. What, the Paul Kent Studios. The Paul, the, the Craig Polamanta Studios. He wasn't shit, but, you know. I reckon Maybe. Paul Kent would be a good one because he was, he was a, you know, only played one football game, sort of, mm-hmm. in, in first grade. We, did. We, we end up doing all his work on the Ask Kenty episodes. True. How about, how about the fact we did an episode about Sonny Williams playing 13 minutes and we thought it was hilarious. Paul Kemp played four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Paul Kent saw what we did and mm. says, I'll go you one better. Yeah. He's played four more minutes of first grade than I have, but only four. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At the same time, and this is in Paul Kent's favour, he didn't cost his club a lot of money in the process. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> wow, Paul Kent had more integrity as a player than Sonny Bill. Yes. That's, that's just going to let that sink in for a sec. Yeah, it's, it's, I, that's what I was doing, hey. It's like, wow. Wow. We should do um, a Ask Kenty episode next week, hey? We are well overdue on Ask Kenty episodes. Yeah, yeah. We've had a few people sending us some of the uh, the funnier tweets that have been sent to to Kenty as well, so we need to answer those too. Yeah, Gruno from Start and Block has sent us a, a bunch of them, which have been really funny. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. But so, if you've got any questions you want answered, just. Uh, do a thing to hashtag NRL360 and don't even ask Paul Kent. Just say, hey, Fergo and Freak, and we'll just take it over. Yeah, but do throw in the Ask Kenty um, hashtag because that's the one I search for when I find all the questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Ask Kenty and then yeah. go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because it, it has been a while. Yeah, we might even do one this week. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for it. Absolutely. Uh, there's a carrot for people. Yeah. We like to leave yous on a cliffhanger sometimes. Absolutely. Mm. You know what? We've gone past the halfway mark for three hours. Are you serious? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth noting that before we pressed record, Freaky said, let's just do a quick one. I said, are you sure we can do a quick one? You went, yeah, we can do a quick one. One hour, 40 minutes later. Here we are. <laughs> 
we can't help having this sort of stamina. We can't. We can't. It's just who we are. It's what we do. Now let's get the hell off here so we can upload this bitch and collapse. <laughs> Sounds good. Alrighty, people. Make sure you go to Manscaped. Um, give them some love and give them your money and buy some stuff from them. Don't forget to use the NRL code there in the checkout. Um, also, check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. I had to remember where it all was there. We're also on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, make sure you subscribe, like everything. Give us a five-star review and gives us, give us a, uh, a good, good bit of feedback there. We'll read it out on the podcast, as we did with two tonight. We'll also put them up on the FergonTheFreak.com website. Yeah. Share, like, uh, retweet, um, all those things. I don't know what other methods of distribution there are. Talk, post, talk to people. Post. post. Talk, talk to people you know and say, hey, you know what? I know this really good podcast. It's called Fergie on the Freak. You should listen to it. Grab yes. their phone. Subscribe on purpose. Just say, hey, can I just can you give me a phone? And they'll say, why? And you say, I just want to see if you've got any nudes on there. And I go, oh, sure. And then just go to the podcast and app, subscribe, done. Yeah. And then, then um, you know, send them the link to Manscaped because they say, you know, I saw your nudes. Yeah. Need some work done. These it, guys can help you out as well. Yeah. You say, listen, it's 2020. You don't want to look like fucking Grizzly Adams down there. <laughs> exactly right. So, um, yeah, get into that. Do all of that. That'll be fantastic. Um, And we'll catch us all next time.